guys, this is the 417 Podcast. I'm Joshua. And I'm Aaron. And um, welcome back to another episode. I think this is episode 9 now. No, no, that was wrong. It's, it's 10. This is 10. This is 10. Oh, crap. This is 10. Yeah, man. Damn, this is 10. Yeah. Nah, this is, uh, this is episode 10. That's quite a lot. This is our last episode of the year, actually. I just realized it's going to be our last one for the year. It is. Yeah, that can't be right. I think it is. <laughs> that can't be right. I think it is. Are you sure? Yeah. Because no money this week. Means gonna have to drop sometime here. Oh what? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Alright, so this is the last episode of the Well man, happy video. new year, guys. So yeah. happy well uh, not mm, quite not really, it's but, not what I mean, but um hope you guys had a good year and a Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are well, alive, happy, blessed. Family, your family is safe, you know what I mean, seasons greetings. Um journey mercies to anybody that went back home. Um I was meant to go back to Madge, but you know, these things Things escape us. Yeah, for real, man. This this COVID thing is not a joke, but I guess um I'll be there next year. I want to. I'll hopefully by next year we'll have like a big enough audience. So you know, I mean, link up with I can see me, <laughs> yeah. meet, meet a few few listeners and stuff. People, maybe even people in Nige as well. Hopefully, actually, I'm manifesting it now. Yeah, we're gonna be able to meet people. We're going to be able to do stuff in the community with everybody, you know what I mean? Mm. Have fun out there, link up out there, all that good stuff. Um, Cool. Song of the week. Good youths walk amongst evil. What's, what's, what's his at? What's his at? AD Mante O3. Okay. Yeah, that's our candidate for this, um for today. Uh, more for this week. Do you want to get into the song? I'm happy to. More than happy to. Um. Yeah, like um, good use for all commands. Evil, Kena. It's on hoodies all summer. And that dropped, if I'm correct. I want to say twenty say nineteen. Right, okay. Um, that's one of the best projects to come out of the UK, in my opinion. Um, UK rap. You got. You could go for any a couple of gets his albums, in my opinion. I think nothing great about Britain by Slow Tie is impeccable. Send them to Coventry, impeccable. Um there's not a lot that I give like a top like a, a blue tick to kind of thing. Like not that, you know, my stamp of approval is the <laughs> the view and end all. Mm. But yeah, essentially I feel like this was a very special album from Kano. And Good Youths Walk Amongst Evil was probably one of my favourite tracks on that album. Um, for me, I think it's a special song. One of the reasons it's definitely being selected is because of how well it expresses and talks on issues in a way that doesn't feel corny or preachy. However, it expresses it both from a personal perspective, expresses... um. It expresses wider social issues from a personal perspective. Thank you. Like, cool. Um, yeah, ultimately, with, with this one, I don't want to say too much on it, but it is simply that, I don't know, I wanted to ask you what you thought of it musically, though, first. Musically, I like the beat. Um, hmm. It's a bit, like, off. Yeah, I'm British, but at the end of the day, like, 
musically, I don't know how well I like the like, how much I like the British accent over. No, not just the accent. I just meant like the, kind of like the beat. It's quite grungy. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I don't like the British accent, but I'm saying like I don't know. We were talking to um, Darius about this. How like just certain accents flow different. Like you know, people singing in an American accent kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe, other than like maybe like a Georgia Smith or something like, or Lily Allen. Which do is quite nice. Those mm. are quite nice. But obviously, sometimes for me, the UK the UK voice is just a bit. I like it when, for example, I like Jay Huss. He's got the UK thing, but with the like African twangs in it. I like. Yeah. I like, okay, I, like, this is, I like the twangs of. The, the, for me, the most interesting part of it is like, sorry, it's like, um, I don't think the UK accent. Like the British accent mm. is really nice for much, not in a rude way, but like yeah, it's not it's not that. Um, no, I think it's nice for talking. I'll be real. No, no, no. I um, don't like it. There are certain types, like certain, um, you know, like sub accents. Um, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. So like Jay has, for example, like a lot of people do have um, a lot of African influence in the way they sound. A lot of people have a lot of Caribbean influence in the way they speak in their own British accent as well. Yeah. And I feel like using that and creating sounds around that is very important. I feel like a lot of African-American originating music was constructed around their new sound. They yeah, built like definitely. their new voices. And I was saying, for example, it's incumbent on artists in the UK to find their own personal sounds and then to construct music around those sounds and create music around those sounds. Mm. Um, someone who I said did it really well was Sampha. Um, I don't know what's happening with Sampha. He hasn't dropped anything in a while. Mm. don't know if it's like just what he's doing or some kind of retirement. But um, <laughs> his last album, The Process, it's like the music really fits how he sounds. But mm. I do think with Good Youths Walk Amongst Evil, the music fits how Kino sounds. Like, I don't want to hear Jay-Z on that beat. Do you know what I mean? No, of course, of course. It sounds yeah. good for the, but you know what I mean? I'm just talking about my, 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 your palette. My, yeah, my palette. What I like in music, obviously. Um, mm. The music is good though. I won't deny it. Um, The music, the, I, the lyrics specifically. Um, yeah. I do like what he was talking about. I do like um, the um, conversation. However, it just drew me like what we're about to talk about. It kind of just made me feel like man just we're just so far from what where we need to be and where we used to be kind of thing oh what because of that just what like what we're about to the talk message about, kind of thing. yeah the message of like what's going on in his area do you know what i mean and what's talking about what's going on in his area and like what his for example his his grandmom seeing shows and all this kind of stuff in his area mm. and then about the people and the movement we're about to talk about it just it's a far far cry from that do you know what i mean yeah, it's just it's quite sad. Um, I'll be real to really think about. It takes me to one of the first lyrics I want to talk about, where he's like, he says, "Life of a lyricist in the times that we're living in. Got to speak mind of the bigger things. Shine is irrelevant. The grind is imperative. Got to put pride over millions. Um, stride what the vision is. Never lie to the listeners. I feel like, especially here, um, he's kind of expressing that thing that's important." for us to do especially i feel like with a lot of uk music um we tend to shy away from speaking mind of the bigger thing um because you know you're just trying to make music that people like yeah it's nice like 
in general, I feel like a lot of music's become background music. I feel like a lot of everything has just become background. Mm. It's just content, you know what I mean? Put it on in the background. But um, that's one of the reasons I really appreciate the song, why it's on here, why it's on the 417 playlist, rightfully, is that it's speaking mind to the bigger things. It's trying to be important. And I feel like it does embody a lot of... Like that's kind of radical in this time period when everything is just so content-based. Mm, definitely. It's like he's respecting his task. Definitely. That even kind of echoes what we were talking about earlier about what we're trying to do on the pod and um, the kind of content we're trying to create. But I never thought, because obviously I still listen to a lot of um, Drake and um, pop, not, not pop, but like mainstream music, yeah. mainstream hip-hop and um, R&B kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't say I listen to like the big pop songs of what's going on right now kind of thing or like the, what's the quick the latest songs are like in, in the charts and stuff but I will say that maybe kind of that changes my perspective on artists like I don't know Getz or Rakeno because we're kind of doing what like that conscious stuff we're kind of doing that in the podcast version do you know what I mean like being, yeah. co- being, you know what I mean and at the end of the day like it's so easy to hate on those people but like when you're really trying to do it yourself you, it's, you realize how hard it is and like how how much you want it, con- it to connect with people and the masses but like you know what I mean how um it's gonna be it's a journey to get that real that recognition like gets only yeah. really, I feel like gets has been in the game for so long and he's like only getting recognition now kind of thing but mm. um, and it's the integrity of what you're doing as well yeah that's the big thing it's like um because I was, I was reading about it last night as I was saying, like, um, Jay, that line of Moment of Clary, I think it is, when he says, um, dumb down my lyrics, double my dollars. Mm. I was, like, talking about it as one conversation. Yeah. It's like, obviously, I spoke, I just mentioned to you how there is an, an interpretation of it that is positive. But then there's also just the, it's kind of like a dilemma. It's like, how much do you want to water down what you're trying to give to people? I really don't want to. And like, yeah. And that's why I have respect for these men. Yeah, Um, no, for sure. Like, I'd rather, as I said, it was something I was talking about earlier. It's like, I'd rather promote the intelligence of our listener and train listeners to have a certain level of intelligence when listening and deciphering what we're talking about here than dumb it down for it to be more palatable and more understandable more digestible do you know what i mean it's hard food we ain't, mm. we ain't serving you mcdonald's bro like um train your train train food? train your ear train your mind to conversations that you're not having in life and question yourself why you're not having these kind of conversations in life at the end of the day like i want mm. everybody that listens to this podcast to end up is taking it like that's trying to take it in to really understand that like, try and tell yourself like no i'm gonna be i'm gonna be an intelligent listener um out of this like this is an experience where i'm gonna learn and try and really train my ears to what's saying because don't miss the gems i'll be real like do you know what i mean don't let go of your head uh, i'll be i'll be that confident in saying that i'll be definitely saying that the people that listen to what we're doing here you know what i mean are gonna be intelligent are intelligent people are people that are you know what i mean they just get it they understand they train themselves to listen that way um but yeah, I want to get into anything else about the song. Yeah, sorry. He says something else. He <laughs> says, um, real spitters like us bleed through the ink. Mm. Like that, um, you know what I mean? Like, that's just something I'm like, hard bar. 
and then just kind of just um hits you in a way that's um very very um on point to what we're saying right now mm. it's like how he's processing the pain and stuff but then also um there is the bit he says towards the end of the song where he's like um when you've got no faith in the system hungry today f tomorrow why would you listen to big on my amg and not 180 g's raise some hell buy some ysl do for self it's like i like it when people say things for you to reflect on as opposed to like trying to tell you what it is all the time i don't need to mention any names when i say that but like it's a thing where um Oh, is that shade? Is it shade? It's not shade. It's shade. <laughs> nah, it's not shade. But um, it's like. But that's our. This, that's this is trusting the intelligence of the listener. Though. Yeah, but then that's question. That was going into our conversation that we had the other day about what even is intelligence. Like I was saying, I felt like I needed to break down what I'm saying a bit more for people to understand because I feel like the more I can take complex ideas and explain them in the most simple and simplistic ways that anybody can understand. That shows my intelligence. However, you said um, the thing about the logic jumps. Intelligent people are able to make logic jumps. So you speaking in a way that is going from, has like in a way or speaking in a manner that has loads of logic jumps, that intelligent people will be always be able to follow. And Because you know the math. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. So you know the math to get, you know the math in what you're saying. So you're you're intelligent. Yeah. Is that, for you to understand the reference I just made, not even the reference, but like, you'd have to understand, like there's the logic jump even in what I just said. Like, Fair enough. You know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I want to actually know like how many people understand it or not. So yeah, like, yeah that'll be interesting. Like, we speak in a very metaphoric way. Yeah, so like understanding logic jumps and understanding um, like what kind of learner you are, I would love to know. Like, um, I don't know, comment on our, comment on this post or something like that. Or something like that. Review or anything. I want to know, understand like how people really um learn and understand l- how quick they are to understanding logic jumps and stuff like that but yeah carry mm. yeah no I've, i'm happy to move into it but yeah and no, i was just saying for example it's that thing where good youths walk amongst evil he's saying that you know these are good youths that everyone is just being forced to walk amongst evil and that's kind of based on the system system that kind of forces you down certain paths and the answer that we have is to raise some hell buy some YSL, do you know what I mean? Um, do for self, because that's the system that's been presented. Yeah, let's get into the, let's get into what we're talking about today. Um, yeah, so, you you want to take it? Take it? Yeah. Um, essentially, I feel like we were doing all this talk, not even talk, when we were leading up to dropping this podcast this season. I know, especially f- from a personal place, was about riding for this concept of rebels with a cause. And um, I remember like the collage of these rebels. Um, I even had like CLR James. He's, yeah, anyway. And like just lots of different people. Garvey, I think Biko was there. Um, I had, um, controversially, Gaddafi was there. Mm. He was hidden behind the writing there. But um, ultimately... I was like, why don't we look at these guys? Because I think it's something we speak about in the blog as well. Right. And we talk about it amongst our, um, between us. It's just this idea that we, um, there's like a difference in energy 
between us and them man um them man in the past the the rebels who came before who were so on job who were so about things that we don't seem to be on job and about today and so i just thought it'd be worth having conversations about these people um heroes of the past where they weren't so heroic and the lessons we can learn the things we can take and how much we can actually apply their past to our present and to our future and I wanted to start that conversation with probably the most iconic I want to say the most iconic of like rebels being that group the Black Panther Party because um there's this image when you be able to create something it's bigger than the individual isn't it and like they had many leaders I don't know if we'll even get into talking about each leader on an individual level mm. that could be a lot um, but yeah no I definitely wanted to just shed light on their situation on like yeah who they were and what they were able to bring to the world yeah um, so obviously I think it all started wait sorry just to precursor that as well not from an educational standpoint. no yeah not from it's not yeah. purely like yeah this isn't class kind In, of yeah thing. yeah it's not class but just talking about lessons and that we could learn from them but interestingly enough they kind of started out how we started out um it was like a response mm. to a killing yeah yeah that happened in um that's it well, I'm not sure what state it was. It was probably we have no guns. Yeah, we don't. Just, have just letting the yeah, government know. Yeah, yeah we. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was in response to like an unjust, um, like pre- police brutality killing. Obviously, we had the George Floyd thing. Can't remember the spe- um, specific person's name. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to both um, both men. This is why I think is so poignant today as well. Yeah. Um. So they obviously thought, you know what. Let's start this. Let's start this movement um, against all these kind of things like police brutality and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, more specifically, I feel like them. Yeah. So obviously they came out of um, obviously the police brutality thing, but a lot of their thoughts and ideas were kind of the idea of what is it fighting against non-violent non-violence. Not um, fighting against the non-violent stance that Martin had, basically. So they wanted, not fighting against it, but they were just opposed to it, the idea of yeah. it. Um, however, I, Mon, like, people really need to understand the thing about the Black Panthers is they are probably one of the most misrepresented um, groups of all time. Um, completely, completely misrepresented. Um, and someone said something that I was watching a video about them and stuff like they said history is written by the victors. So the image that you most people have of Black Panthers is obviously the guns and the the berets and the militants and all this kind of stuff. But a lot of the um the things that they did was actually remarkable in terms of um a lot of the lessons I learned you can learn from them. Like our, I even want to say impact as well. Yeah, the impact they had was and the way they moved was just it's more than impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. The um for example, the um, breakfast that they did. Mm. The breakfast that Obviously. they had for, for for all across for um disadvantaged um black kids. Um usually fed white kids as well, but which I found interesting. But um <laughs> Or in those disadvantaged neighborhoods, but yeah, the um, those kind of um, 
breakfast, stuff like that, they didn't exist in America. And the US government copied them afterwards, after the Black Panthers yeah. left. They, they copied a lot afterwards. You know what I mean? That, that's crazy. You the, call them a terrorist organization and you, you, copied, and taking notes. you copied their ideas. Well, let's just be real. The American government is a terrorist organization. Yeah. Um, so the murder of, um, was it Fred Hampton, mm. is actually crazy to... It's like, I don't even know how it's just even like brushed up. I feel yeah. like because as time yeah. passes. Nah, like, like there people, are mad things that happen in that People country. just sweep it under the rug. But like, it's actually very crazy to understand what happened. Um, it was clearly like no resist. Like um, there was no resistance. There was only one shot that could have possibly come from back from a panther. And he was sleeping. And he also appeared to be drugged as well by someone who, by someone in his camp. Um, who had given the plans to the FBI and who later gave it down to the Chicago police. Um, he was, um, yeah, so he was shot sleeping in his room next to his pregnant girlfriend or, you know what I mean? Which I thought was at the age of 21, which I think is completely crazy. He also, he, you know, he was meant to be, um, go back to prison that year. He was meant to go to prison for robbing, yeah. robbing an ice cream truck and giving out ice cream to kids. Um, but yeah, these are the people that um, were apparently like, uh, a, terrorist, pro, man. a terrorist, a terrorist organization. But yeah, so the story, as I said, so like the little things that the things that they did in terms of for the community, the understanding of even the stuff they did for healthcare, like in sickle cell, they they were the first group to ever do nationwide testing of sickle cell in America. So yeah, this the sickle cell testing the the breakfast for young disadvantaged children from black mean in black communities um what else what else like things that did did they do that was anyway but you know what i mean i'm i'm just going off the top of my head right now yeah but stuff like that and stuff like it shows an organization and an understanding of solidarity and understanding i think it even goes beyond that and you need to deep the education yeah the education they were doing in them schools like yeah exactly they're just educating people to be a part of the party exactly. which is um you need to understand the level of consciousness. I don't think anyone has ever pushed consciousness that, like that towards 100%. black people. Like in, because obviously it was within their ten point program to have that change the educational. There's like an educational misrepresentation, like to correct the things you've been taught, the mm. miseducation that had gone on, and they were like pushing education, like re-educating people essentially. And that's something that, to be honest, has, hasn't been done before, hasn't been done since, not in that way, to like re-educate people completely off your own volition. Um, I don't think anything as remarkable has happened as the Black Panther Party, do you know what I mean? And the things they tried to achieve is nothing short of incredible. But like, I feel like, perhaps more controversially, the unity, especially Fred Hampton, tried to achieve between the aims of black people and the aims of other people who are down in society. And you kind of see mirror images in things that are happening with BLM. Mm. Um, I don't want to talk on it too much. I think I just took a screenshot and I kept scrolling. Do you know what I mean? But there was something I saw. Um, I was just doing my reading. I was reading about something that, oh, I need to remember who, because I don't want to say it in a wild way. And I screenshot about 100 things a day. But um, somebody said something, um, like a quote, 
and I was trying to find where they said it, etc. And then I f- saw something that said like BLM, and they described. I should just find it, but they described the person. The quote was obviously in relation to black issues, black social issues, and then they described the person as. Yeah, I found it. Langston Hughes. He said, Negro sweets and docile meat, humble and kind, beware the day they change their mind. Langston Hughes. And it was a hashtag Black Lives Matter. And they called, said, oh, Langston Hughes was a gay man. Because of his era and his community, he was deeply in the closet. It's like, that's not what he was talking about. Mm. Right, right, right. So right. it's just like, and I know a lot of people were kind of like, they had this feeling that the Black Lives Matter movement was being hijacked and used as another thing. But um, I feel like when Fred Hampton was kind of talking about a rainbow coalition, yeah. it was like, it's kind of ironic as well, but it's like he was uniting different people in society who are being oppressed by the same regime. I and feel it like- wasn't like, oh, we can all just mingle in the same bus. It's like, now nah, we're just together in this, like, mm. my struggle and your struggle. Me fighting for my struggle should also mirror you fighting for your struggle. Mm. And it's not um, people trying to one-up one another. Whereas today, when the Black Lives Matter movement occurred and it's like, you know, it's like, we're not even talking about the issue anymore because you're using it for other things. Fred Hampton was able to actually just unite different factions of people in society to kind of realize oh we have a, the same enemy i found it interesting the rainbow college coalition um i thought it was very interesting because that's why they killed him let's but be real i felt i find i find it interesting because at the time i i understand the how necessary it felt like it was going to be because you can ignore a second class citizen as much as you want you're gonna, you're gonna, you think America's gonna ignore white people that need help? Um, obviously, like they got um, Asian, the Philip, I think it was Philippines people from the Philippines as well in those communities in Chicago, and then they spread it. But how, how much, you know, what I mean, how much longer you're gonna um, ignore everybody? You can't ignore us all, kind of thing, mm. which was obviously the thinking, and I understand the thinking, but also. It goes back to kind of something I was saying in the last episode, but it was about the just being an opposition, um, like and begging for validation almost from a a system or a society. They weren't begging for validation, but they were fighting against oppression. Um, and I felt like if they had leaned more into, so if those that didn't know, it was actually an international organization oh yeah the black panther Party. that's another part the black panther that, Party. um just inspires me differently yeah it was an international organization and it their headquarters right. was in algeria that's actually where the headquarters if they had in my opinion leaned more into freedom for black people in developing africa oh no but they did but you know what happened like when Aldrich cleaver went there and they were kind of like yeah now let's let's cut these guys off because that's, that was like later on because obviously you have the 60s when the party was strong and everything mm. was going well mm. and then but you have the 70s when everything started to go kind of downhill and Aldridge Cleaver was in exile later on 
he went to Algeria right. to like, he was like, let me just go do it out here. Mm. And they were like, but we don't like Eldridge Cleaver and we're cutting him off. So we're cutting you guys off. And that's the issue with in-house fighting. But Yeah, 100%. But even in the sense of I, a system that doesn't want to see you win, was never going to let you win at their game. Do you know what I mean? You can't tell the American government to give you... Th- um, they're never going to give it to you because at the end of the day, they they can kill murder you in your bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you can't say pimp. Yeah, the the, thing is, especially like, in that time. Like, it is what you're saying. Like, you have to go harder for exactly, those other factions. Like, for example, and it's just my thinking in this whole thing is... Like, America can't be your strongest exactly, front. Exactly. That can't be your strongest front. Like, it doesn't make sense. If if you want and it just goes for everybody now is more in my mind is just how can we you can't beg or can't fight against someone in their own land for a treat for you know what i mean for that for that for that treatment for that equality you want into um in a way that you're not focusing more on what you what's going on in your house it doesn't make sense they can never allow it to happen because at the end of the day they are the landlord of their of their land they la- they own their land it kind they, of leads me on to something they, i want to ask you there um black panther party originated as a self-defense group and um their whole thing was to meet force with force hmm. to meet it with force not to raise force but just to meet force with force cool that was a crime, isn't it? It wasn't actually. Um, no, the, no, it was, it's, it's a crime of to fight force with force, of course. But it wasn't the things that they were doing wasn't actually a crime at the time. The carrying guns. No, no, no. But I'm saying that was wrong. Like they were like, what are these guys doing? It's like Dave Chappelle said this joke when he was like, um, it's clever because like obviously you think he's gonna say they should vote, but he's like, um, he says, um, it's time for every black American to do what they have to do, kind of thing. To save America, they have to register for a legal firearm because then that will alarm the American government. Right. Um, they don't want them carrying guns, obviously, and that's the issue. Of course. What I mean is that if the government's response to black people who were dressed in black carrying guns was Great this marketing. can't happen. I love the marketing behind yeah. it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I know, right? Lessons. Yeah. They're like you're not allowed to do self-defense because that's what they started as. And they were like, defending yourself? No, no, no. It's like they're saying you don't have a right to defend yourself in, in our land. Do you see the issue? Do you yeah. think that's what they're saying? Like, yeah, of course. That's, that's what they're the saying. idea. Yeah, like. that's what they're saying. And that's what um, a lot of people don't understand in what... It's like you don't have on. this right. Exactly. You're a second-class citizen. How do you... like? And I'm... I'm glad some of you feel at home here i'm glad a lot of us feel i'm glad even in the uk i'm it's always gonna be better than america i'll be real mm. uh, mm, well no actually it's as i said like okay, okay. i promise you if there they is no such thing as obama in britain like you don't just let okay a cool black fair man enough. no but i'm saying i'm black. saying i'm saying the the access to certain things in in the uk and like you know what i mean in britain I don't fear the same things that I might fear in America. It's just because it's a lawless land. Yeah, like, fair enough. But that's yeah. I'm not talking. I'm not saying. Bro. I'm not saying the racism is any less almost. 
it's way more implicit way more you have to read between the lines um more importantly like i hope you understood what i was saying last time with the whole thing about you need to pour into your own land before you can really not before i want us to do who's you know shleeflin plan we can fight two battles at once but make it more make the front that you're trying to fight on the Af- the the things that we're trying to build home you know what i mean like more important we will get into this whole idea of when ti ti calling atlanta wakanda and all this like the desire for it but i don't see the movement for it like everybody was so happy to see oh like um wakanda like look at that a mythical land where black people are thriving in africa that sounds so cool nobody's thriving to see that happen do you know what i mean who's making the moves Wakanda. who's making who's making the moves to allow that to happen i don't know yeah i just think there's this issue um where the belief is that it's the akon akon thinks he is yeah um he's the only one who seems to understand like yeah i just feel like we every time we see it's just like everybody's like oh that's nice like yeah oh oh, like like, you're doing your little thing over there like oh that's nice he's trying really hard like yeah yeah um, he's trying to be honest yeah i just feel like with um the panthers and the way they were spreading they did understand that the movement was universal and not an american thing let's just call it what it was it just fell down too early and i think it's worth talking about why it fell down too early because i do believe like if it doesn't before fall, we get before we get into how it fell i feel like we have to talk about something that i was trying to talk about with the song the reason why i said i was quite like the song unless learning about the black panther party and the song that was chosen what was the name title of the song again Sorry. good youths walk amongst evil um yeah the reason why i felt like learning about the black panther party and that song like just seeing how, f- how how much of a fall from grace it is is because we literally had people in our um, commun- in communities fighting to defend us and from, live for the people because they love the people yeah defend us from attacks um against like racist attacks or br- police brutality and all these kind of things and now and we were arming ourselves defending ourselves from that and obviously now we're running around trying to kill each other it's um but it's 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 do you know what is interesting about that though um what i would say obviously kino's song is about the uk and um the panthers was in america mm. and you're talking about the contrast but the same kind of applies what was the 80s in america that's 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 the birth like, of obviously the crack era, but right now but, I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but some things we've learned a lot about this life that we've lived in, bro. Yeah, like, of there's course, there's no such thing really as a conspiracy. It is as bad as you may think it might be. Right, the Panthers, sixties, nineteen sixty six, they were founded. Um, they're going strong. Seventies, Cointel Pro, let's tear them down. What can we do to make sure this never happens again? Oh, and there's a crack epidemic? Right. And the reason why I said it was painful. It's it's painful, but you need to understand it's tactical. It's not just tactical. You've got to understand that the destruction of my people was tactical. It's, a it's not even just tactical, though. It's Of course it was tactical. Of course it was tactical. But how do I put it? Hunting is tactical. 
but you have to allow your prey to fall under certain traps that you lay. You know what I mean? Like you have to. Your, I know what you're saying. Your prey, don't your, fall into certain traps. Your, your prey has to fall into certain traps. I think it's one of the most and the biggest trap talking about the biggest trap was, as I said, which led to the downfall was the choices that certain individuals made. Ah, uh, see, but this is an interesting conversation because are you saying then that um, history is written by individuals? Because that's it's an you interesting free, conversation. You see, free will. Free will is the spark to downfalls of empires. Um, it's literally that you can always track like a fall of something great due to mistakes of few individuals. Even look at the story of um, Jesus and they obviously called um, Fred Hampton the Black Messiah um, in the, is it in the FBI reports? They kind of, yeah. they called, they said, we don't want to, mis- we want to fight against the idea, nullify the chance of there being a Black Messiah that can, Ele- something like unify and electrify the hearts of a black yeah. mutant. Oh, they're sick, man. Yeah. I, oh, gosh. And then they killed him. But, um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying, the, um, Judas, Judas and Jesus, um, Caesar was betrayed by all his people. Like, in, in, like, in these, in history, you have to understand the choices of few influence the many. The choices Even of certain, like, the choice, yeah, 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 with World War, sorry, like World War One, Gavrilo Princeship. Oh, I haven't. It's like the guy he went, like he went to buy a sandwich. Like he, him and his friends planned an assassination. It went wrong. They all ran away. He goes to buy a sandwich, and he sees like the person they were gonna kill, and he's like, oh, okay, he just shoots him, and then it's like World War One occurred because of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's nuts. You have to understand the choices that certain people in the Black Panther Party made to betray their leaders. Um, people, for example, Fred Hampton's was it the guy that created the guy that owned the complex that Fred Hampton was living in gave the plan. He was also Fred Hampton's bodyguard. Gave the plans to the FBI, yeah, so that they could kill him. Basically, um, these these um these things these people that were betraying and selling out and obviously they had a big issue with with snitches and all this kind of thing in the Black Panther Party so they started being more tough on each other and started doing beatings and stuff like that and um, it kind of led to like in that kind of created friction because it was lack of trust in um, now but as I was saying it's like the reason why all these things have happened is because of the um, the, the choices of few so the choices are for you to betray the cause. It's not, more than that. To not to stick to not stand up on the cause, of course. And that was the trap. Internal division is a big deal. But was the traps laid laid by um laid by the the opposition? It's the same thing. Your the the prey when you're hunting, you're gonna leave certain traps so your prey can fall into it. And our people fell into it to save themselves. Most of the time. How much is the competence though of an individual? something you can talk about as a point of blame. And I ask that because it's something I wanted, I want us to look at Garvey as well, because you love Garvey. Mm. So I want to chat about Garvey. That should come soon. Mm. But again, that's a story of personal incompetence. We won't get into it. Mm. Um, with the Panthers, Huey P. Newsom. Huey starts the party. Huey is this figure, like, 
almost in that same vein of Hampton. The only difference is that Hampton was special, do you know what I mean? But yeah, Huey was big, like, big deal. Mm. Bobby Seal was great. He didn't have the same mm, yeah. as Huey. Mm. Um, Bobby Seal. That's what I just said, sorry. Yeah. OJ Cleaver, mm. another big guy. He had a lot of um, gusto because of his work, his writings and stuff. Mm. His books, his poetry. A lot of people liked him because of that. But again, it wasn't the same. So you need to understand how these people, these individuals, it's the same thing studying politics. It's the same thing you do when you look at political leaders. Like these people who lead movements are so integral to the design of the movement. And so when my personal desire, I'm, I'm not that interested in biopics. You know how I feel like mm. about them. Mm-hmm. But I want to play Huey P. Newton in a biopic because, <laughs> I mean, what a life kind of thing. Yeah. His struggles and what happened in his life, the darkness he went into trying to lead the people, the darkness he encountered and um, faced kind of alone, issues that no one around him could kind of help him out of. Didn't really try to. It's like, oh, this is Huey. This is what he's doing. Um, he kind of started where the trap that we fell into in terms of the drugs and stuff. He got addicted. Um, he started to... But why I can't say is that because there. even think about... Just think about this. The most perfect man to ever live, Jesus Christ. Why did he die? Obviously, because, because people of, that are co- imperfect. Because co- because of, of choices, greed. In greed. because of no, choices you know that others story. made. You know the whole story is about greed. The whole story about black people failing is about greed, mm. right from the slave ships. Like selling slaves is about greed. Um, Even in the what's it called? What film was it? The film that you don't really like, but I thought it was decent. Um, Dead on the Run. Down the run, Daniel Kalia, Jody. Oh, no, I like Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim, yeah. They're just, ish- I have issues with it. You're allowed to have issues with things yeah, that yeah, I like. Yeah. It. Queen and Slim. The guy sells them out at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the black guy sells them out at the end. And he was even saying. Can I hear that? Oh, sorry. Kitty. Yeah, he was like, you guys are, you guys are heroes and all this stuff like that. And then he sells, he sells them out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like at the end of the day, the biggest fault cannot be the mistakes of the leaders. It's, it's, Which people often blame. And like, it's the mistakes. It's so interesting. I think it's, of course, of course, everybody can say, point to the US government and say, they, at the end of the day, say, oh, you did this, you did that. Which they definitely did. And they're not, I'm not saying, not taking any blame away from them. But at the end of the day, if we don't fall for certain traps, if we don't, make certain decisions, uh, make certain mistakes or make certain choices for self rather than as a collective. But it's interesting. How, do, how does the collapse really occur? Because we live in a time where we blame Africa and um, where it's at on poor leadership. We do it all the time. Like, yeah. oh, these greedy leaders. I mean, like, at yeah. the end of the day, it's got a lot to do with the people as well. You're saying every story, if, if the leaders were perfect, you're basically saying that the people would still bring them down. And that's, it's just, especially when I'm saying like we're looking at the in past. In Africa, there's corruption every single level. I know. We're saying we're looking at the past. The poorest man. The present, right? Yeah. Huh? So when we look at the past and we say, oh, the issue was 
that these people wouldn't even let the leaders be as good as they need to be. Like, even no. Jesus was sold out by Judas. Today, if Robert Mugabe was Jesus, like, someone would still come and sell him out. Do you know what I mean? And that's the issue. Um, it happened in Nkrumah's Ghana. He wasn't perfect. I don't feel like a lot of leaders can be perfect, especially when it's your first shot at leadership um, and you've got the, all these pressures around you. Yeah. Um, that's something that we need to understand about Africa. Even the nature of the political system that's been set up there literally means it's built off the idea of greed, um, corruption, and coups, and football fighting. Do you know what I mean? That's literally politics in Africa. That's literally the, the bedrock of it. Mm. So it needs to be completely remade. But essentially, these people are always, these leaders are always in positions where they're not going to be perfect. But even if they are, as much as they may try to be, what you're essentially saying is that there's always going to be someone there to sell them out or like foil the plan. No, I feel like there has to be a call on obviously the leaders. Um, no, I feel like there needs to be a call for, of course, leaders to perfect what they're doing. But um, to perfect, not obviously, no one's going to be perfect in leadership. And pe- people need to understand that. The human aspect and the human, f- the chance of human error and human flaw. And there has to be, ch- I feel like more, more so between the people and leaders there has to be trust if there's no trust the people are always going to be afraid and at the end of the day part of making people believe in something greater than themselves is believing is them believing without fear without fear that this is going to fail or this isn't going to work imagine if you're trying to build I don't know a structure and then everybody's saying I don't know if this is going to work I don't know if this is going to do you know what I mean? That doubt. The doubt of where you can really take it is what starts to crumble the f- and like um, destroy the fabric of what you're trying to build with people. When they start to doubt it and when they start to not really believe it because that means they're not all in on buying into the vision and buying into the structure and developing what this is. If everybody, when you create that idea of trust in trusting in each person, each person in the system in a in an ideology in a even even in a football team you trust the system do you know what i mean you trust what regardless of even if you believe this is the right way or this plays to the best of your strengths you trust it so that at the end of the day you can you can achieve something for communal good you know it's the same thing as you said you you watch football if for example, I don't know, you, you spot Liverpool. If Trent yeah. doesn't do certain things... No, I want to talk about this though, yeah. If Trent doesn't do certain things or like Trent doesn't, I don't know, go up or he doesn't come back when he goes up kind of thing. Best player in the where, world. Where, where comple- um, what's it called? Your your defence is completely exposed or something like that. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've left a gap that now can't be filled in by, I don't know, someone else or you're, it's too much. You know what I mean? These kind of things. Like Everybody has to trust in each other to play their role. But you know that if one person doesn't play it right, it can lead to the complete collapse of a system. Um, It can lead to a complete collapse of um, an ideology and a movement. And I feel like a lack of trust and even a lack of trust will always lead to people selling you out or lead to a lack of um, loyalty to a cause, Um, which I think happened with, which is a lesson I think we can learn from this, from the Black Panther Party. Um, this interesting thing about trust you say though 
is um, especially I like how you've brought it to football. Liverpool, they always talk about Jurgen Klopp, the master coach. He coaches up all these players. Um, mm. If Henderson doesn't trust Klopp to make him the best player that he can be, then to understand how he can't serve the team. It's mm. like you have to trust that the coach has your best intentions. Um, because the issue with trust is that it's about self-interest. Mm. Really and truly, mm. you can't trust someone with your self-interest. And that is a situation that is kind of a burden to us as a people. Um, we don't trust our leaders because... We don't trust that they want the best for us. Or rather, we we can't believe that they want our interests. Yeah. Um now with the power, with the Panthers, you had leaders, black leaders, probably the best example, one of the best examples, where you're like, nah, these guys want good for us. Like, they want our self-interest. And so when you are able to trust that someone else preserves your interests, you let go of how how tightly you cling to your own self-interest. Usually. Mm. You have Judas's. People like Peter, oh, okay, he lied three times, denied him. Mm. But it's like, they want to ride for Jesus. But Judas at a moment was like, uh, I don't trust this guy with everything. And it's like, Fred Hampton is someone who, he's speaking and it's like, nah, he lives for the people because he loves the people. He would die for the people because he loves the people. And you believe that. And it's, it's his truth. And it was the truth. QEP Newton, who's, very much the same until his demise kind of thing and it's um the issue with black leadership is that you need people who actually desire the interests of their people in order to gain the trust of the people but the people's self-interest is what will always come first and that's the issue if at any point they lose that self-interest or with the, um, for example, in the film, Judas and the Black Messiah, what you learn is that the guy from the start, his self-interest was a precursor to his commitment to the Panthers. So it's not like he lost um, trust. It's just his self-interest is what he was serving from the get-go, mm. right from the jump. And so like when you don't have that, or like you can't gain that to begin with, that's when you will see people like betray you, stab you in the back and like these regimes will fall apart because you need the trust. The trust is everything. But that trust and self-interest have a massive conflict. Mm. Are humans inherently selfish? Yes. So then how... So then a marriage or... Not even a and it's not even a selfish in like a malicious way. It's mm. selfish because you are self. Like. Right. So that, but then you have to ask the question: 
to create so a even if you break down the word selfish sorry it's like an interesting word isn't it like selfish it's like um i'm cold ish do you know what i mean like mm. i don't know it's it's funny it's like mm. i know it's kind mean. of selfish like yeah it's a weird word yeah so wait if you want to start a movement and humans are inherently selfish then you have to realize that asking people to understand ideas of community is them going against things that naturally come to Nope, because community is completely selfish. There's nothing self wants more than community. Right. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. You know what I mean? Because self um, community is an idea of wanting to belong and yeah it's just one of those deeper desires those deeper needs it's a self it's a selfish need so as i said yeah where you're right in the fact that you need self interest i definitely think you also need the trust and you're right so we need to find that marriage of the two um but even back to the song and cause and all the the things they're doing it's just like when you said, like, I really want you to understand what they were trying to fight against and what we're fighting now. If you can't, like, I'm, I'm, everybody says, oh, knife crime, this, knife crime, that, you know what I mean? Knife crime, scare, knife crime, all this stuff. And then gun violence in America and gang violence in America. You know I mean, he, um, Fred Hampton was based in Chicago. Chicago is like the, one of the murder capitals of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad, man. Um, as I said, like, all this kind of stuff is like, these people were brought here. We're trying to, we were trying to fight everything that was happening to us by an oppressor. And now we feel like we can do it to each other. In my opinion, we've just, all that um, we've told the people like, was it the, um, was it Hoover? The the guy that, the guy in charge of the FBI, the, that guy who was in charge of the the case against, um, the Panthers and stuff like that. It was um something Edgar Hoover or something. I, I don't yeah, know. Edgar. yeah, anyway, that guy. Um anyway, um I would say we're doing their work for them and it's No, don't don't be unfair. We are. We are I, I will say it more plainly to you. We are they doing... put crack in the community. We're doing their work for and them. And then you're saying it's it's not our fault. Like it's not our fault. Uh, 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 it's uh, our responsibility uh, uh. but it's not our fault. Uh your trauma, your trauma is not your fault. It's yours, but it's definitely your literally, fault. Literally, your trauma, your trauma. Are you, on, are you one of those people that just say no? Your trauma is. I your, can hear. All that. Sorry, sorry. Your trauma is not your fault. It's because you're holding it. One sec. Your trauma is not your fault. You fixing that, you healing from it, is all up to you. Hence, why. It's so important to understand they went in and assassinated Fred Hampton. Crack was put into the communities. Um, was it redline? Redlining in America, um, certain housing developments, the way house um, projects are built, all this kind of stuff. Yes, I'm not. I'm not. Nobody's saying that it's not out of intention or design. Strategy, strategy, tactics, grand strategy. But 
they put crack in the neighborhoods, bro. But just and it wasn't. They didn't do it to be like, let's do something to get them down. They said, how can we confirm the job? Because that was scary. That was scary there. Yeah, of course. We stopped it. How can we make sure this never happens again? hundred percent. That's literally that was the task. Okay, and they by, were like, yes. So by design, the subjugation of our people and the black boys killing other black boys. Yeah. It's it's by design by certain people, the powers that be. But at the end of the day, can you even lie here? Cry about it. Where we can change it. Um and accept certain faults. I don't disagree. I just have a personal belief that if you don't acknowledge what's against you, if you don't acknowledge what you're up against, it's like, um, is it Sun Tzu who says like, the man who knows the opposition and knows himself will never lose or something like that um, in the art of war? Essentially, the ignorance is... We spoke about knowledge making a man unfit to, unfit to be a slave. Yeah. So you can't just be ignorant about the strategy against you. You can't be like. I don't think no anybody. I don't think. Okay. I guess to a certain level, people need to be more educated, but I don't think people don't believe that. Uh, there's a no, 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 no. Right now, no, but that. right now, think about it. The whole reason why black. Okay, if you go up to someone right now. If you go to a community, uh, an impoverished community, where, I don't know, some guy, he's like, I don't know, he's selling, he's selling, I don't know, crack, or he's just selling like something, just say he's selling a little baggie, a bag of weed or something, I don't know, in his area. And then he says, oh, why are you harassing me? Why are you stopping and searching me? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? The first thing they'll say, why you're doing this? Because I'm a black, um, what's it called? Well, I'm a black person, blah, blah, blah. I'm a black man. You're doing this. um, uh, Or like, he might be carrying a Rambo or something like that. So, ah, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? That's normally there's a conscious understanding that yes, the powers that be are trying to put you in a certain system, trying to put you in a box, trying to they put me. Um, we already understand the faults on the the this, the maybe not the strategy in depth, but we already understand cues against us, how they're against us, the things that they do, um, the the things that they do to try and um limit us and limit our ability to rise as a people and all these kind of things we already understand that but how many how much more do we have to sit in that and say yeah okay cool we understand what's again this is against us this is against us this is against us then us coming together and saying no f that cool we know what's against us it's time it's rally up it's rallying up time kind of thing it's rallying up time. It's marching time. It's let's go time. It's go time kind of thing. That, in my opinion, is way more important than us sitting here feeling sorry for ourselves. It's not about feeling sorry for yourself, though. It's about the consciousness, genuine consciousness. You spoke about kind of the end of the process where they can now get you for what they've set you up. Like... The setup. I want people to be far more conscious of the setup. Because if you're conscious of the setup, you think Big Meech would have been selling crack if he was very conscious of the setup. Not partially. We're very partially conscious of things today. Especially the end result, the end of it. After, you know, we've been bagged and. Like, Big Meech would have still sold crack. 
Do you know why? Because of what Kano said. Raise some hell, buy some YSR. What else are you to do? I feel like um, it's like Tupac was saying as well. Selling crack to the kids. I've got to get paid. Well, hey, that's the way it is. Um, but that's because you're being forced to walk amongst evil. And it just takes us to a place that you don't want to talk about. Like, you've got to tear down the system. And it's like, it's, what's he called? Relax. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, his face? Um, yeah, relax. The system doesn't uh, any, suck. Any government officials listen to this, we're just joking. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yes. it cool. Nah, but like, um, cool. It was one thing when Bobby Seale and Eldridge Cleaver were mm. doing aggressive things, quote unquote. Um, that's a very broad way to put it as well. Just because there are some excerpts from Soul Nice that are particularly wow. Mm. Um, cool. But when you've got people like Fred Hampton talking about, yeah end capitalism now and he's got the right people to do it going around America getting the right people that's when they're like oh crap because really and truly that's where it begins and so I want to talk about it today because today George Floyd was murdered and we have the technology um it's something that Nipsey was saying on one track on an outro. He was talking about how he was basically saying that technology is like the gold rush. And it's like people need to be rushing to that tech. What what the digital world can do, in um what the Black Panthers had to work really hard to do in, in print to spread things around and brought and what's mm. it called? Um publishing and what's the thing when you record radio. Um imagine. <laughs> Yeah, to get that word about and to spread that internationally. Do you know how quickly you can do that in this world today? Yeah. And the efforts they went through to do that. Cool, that's one thing. So when it went from self-defense to then more of a political movement, why are people not more about it today? Like, Because really and truly, the Panthers believed in a change that they wanted to see. Like they were truly unhappy with the state of things. They truly said, nah, like, this is not what we're going to carry on doing. Mm. And I don't get for the life of me why we as a people can't just say, nah, this is not what we're going to carry on doing. We need to mobilize. Because that was mobilization, bro. Mm. They said, we're going to educate people. What's the 10-point program? Can they give people meals? They said they needed to make sure the party decided that um, from a reaction to a similar event, as you said, mm. they were like, nah, this is not what it's going to be no more. Like, we are going to do other things. The first point on the 10-point program was that we want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black and oppressed communities. Do we want that today? Yes or no? You ask that question. Do we actually want freedom? Do we actually want the power to determine the destinies of our community? No. No, we don't. I'll, I'll say it for the people that... There's no power to the people, to be honest, because like, we have all the tools. There's no reason why we can't be... We can't yeah. 
like oh, that is definitely the worst part of it. We have the tools. We do have the tools to change, to change our story. That's the most annoying part because, if, as I said, we kind of said that line is like, "Give me your." When I talked about, um, when I used to say, "Oh, give me this person's audience, see what I do with it. Give me this person's influence, see what I do with it. Give the uh, what's it called, the Black Panthers, the same amount of the tools we have today." Do you know what I mean? See what they'll do with it. But at the end of the day, we're too caught up in. Keep, I would say go fund me. I would say we. Nah. I would say we're we're too we're too caught up in a unsustainable view of self that we we don't really understand. Pause anymore. The unsustainable view of self is the view, as we said earlier in earlier episodes, is. The idea that we want to be like a, we want to experience freedom in the same way a white man experiences freedom. That is an unsustainable view because at the end of the day, you're going to constantly keep realizing no matter how far you go. Like, listen, Meek Mill, one of the richest people, you know what I mean? Richer than majority of, one of the richest people, I'm talking about our community, just comparatively, I'm not talking about, but Meek Mill is a millionaire. He still suffers from. He still suffered from the pre, um, what's called criminal justice system being tapped. Do you know what I mean? Especially against black people. And no matter what heights he thought he was, the friends he had, of course, helped him. But he still went to prison at the height of his career because he doesn't have the power or he doesn't have that freedom that a white man has. And the day you understand that you can't keep chasing after what you view as okay this is what it looks like to be up or this is what it looks like for um our community to have things or or this is what it looks like to be of some some importance of some sense of or idea of importance the day you realize that that's not where we're going to get it from is the day we can start mobilizing together and understanding that yeah it's time to move it's time to move it's time to move but we just don't have that right now I think that takes us nicely onto where I'll say we're going to have to shut up because of what Jay-Z said. It's time for us to redefine black power. He says I'm murder to excellence. Yeah. Jay-Z said it right. And then we're experiencing the same time. It's time for us to stop and redefine black power. And I think we'll just do that next time. Um, If no one else suggests it, murder to excellence would have been a beautiful song to accompany this as well. I think we're doing next episode, we're doing new songs. Wonderful. Oh, it'll be my first one up then. But yeah, um Yeah. You can call it there and roll on there because yeah. Yeah. Sorry if it, it felt like this one was a bit over the place, but a little bit, yeah. Like, but I guess I guess like I hope you enjoy it. Um and learn from it and like take the lessons you get out of it. Um, the key lessons, of course. But yeah, I've been Joshua, and I've been Aaron. And thank you for listening to the Four Seventeen podcast. As always, see you next time. I hope you guys have a happy new year. Stay safe. Yeah.